Wow, good morning. How we be this morning? If you love the Lord, let me hear you say amen. amen. Do you really love him? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you guys look good this morning. First of all, let me pray. Our Father, our Lord, our God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for last night's sleep. We thank you for carrying us through that valley of the shadow of death, that we all woke up healthy and happy this morning, still with our minds stayed on you, looking to see if our neighbors was all right, and knowing that you were in the midst. So we just thank you. Now we ask that you would just have your way. Give us a word from on high that we, your people, may live by, grow by, and love you just a little bit more by. And we be ever so careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And it's in Jesus Christ's most precious name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Boy, you know, I was scheduled for the 14th, <laughs> then for the 21st. <laughs> Then for the 28th, then back to the 14th. So, you know what I mean? Uh, but God is good. He said, be instant in season, out of season. Always be ready and willing to give a reason for the hope that we have, a reason for why we come to church, a uh, reason for why we serve him, a uh, reason for why we cry out, Hosanna in the highest. Oh. You know, a lot of times we assume things that are not so. And so, first of all, I'm, do we all understand? Well, I'm sure many of us don't understand. But today is Palm Sunday. You know, and so I, I'm not assuming that we all know what Palm Sunday is. I'm not assuming that we all know what Lent is. But Palm Sunday is that day when Jesus made his final triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And, and it, it was triumphant because the masses of the people was crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. I got to say something real, real kind of funny here. You know, uh, me and a very dear friend of mine, a real close friend of mine, were having a Bible study one morning. And I mentioned Hosanna, Hosanna. And next day I know they said, Hosea, Hosea. I said, don't you ever <laughs> say that in no church anywhere. But I, was, I said, my wife said that. You know. But we had a good laugh about that, and we still laugh about that. But she said, Hosea. You know. But today, today is a real serious day in, in, in the life of the Christian, and it's a real serious matter, because we, we go back in, in, in time, in the Old Testament, you know, the Old Testament, first of all, prophesies about the New Testament. Uh, it prophesies about the coming Messiah, and the New Testament bear witness that the Messiah has come, so one bear witness of the other. And, and thinking of the Old 
Testament days, the time of, uh, in the book of Samuel, when uh, Samuel went to God crying that, God, the people have no respect for me anymore. They're crying for a king. And God told him, uh, it's not you that they're rejecting, but it's me. He said, I've been their king all the time, you know, throughout the time. Whenever they needed something, I was there. Whatever they needed, I gave it to them. I was their light in darkness. I was everything they ever needed. So know that they're not rejecting you, Samuel, but they're rejecting me because they wanted to be like all the other nations. And, 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 and Palm Sunday was even significant with all the other nations because all these other nations, you know, when they went out to war and they came back victorious, the Palms were part of the victorious uh, celebration that we've conquered, we won. And so the people go before them with their palm branches and singing and dancing. We're the victors. We're the victors. You know how you are when your team wins. <laughs> you, know, you know, when the Bulldogs win, you know how we be jumping and shouting. Well, it's the same. Even in war, in victory, we still cheer the same. So the Palm Sunday had a significance even before Jesus' triumphant infant. Entry And so the children of Israel wanted a king, but they, their idea of the king was someone coming in, you know, on a big chariot or in royalty, led by chariots and a, a big army and, and, and the singing and the dancing and just a big glorious parade. You know how Inauguration Day is for a whole week? You know, the people expected Jesus to come in like this. They wanted to be proud of their king. And so when they found out that he came in on a donkey, you know, the non-believers, that was even more reason for them to not believe. No, no king come in like that. He don't even represent no king. Look at it. He looked more like a peasant than a king. <coughs> but the believers knew. The believers knew, and, and, and it comes down to not whether, what your denomination is, but simply do you believe the word? Do you believe the truth? And, and, and we know uh, John in his word in the first chapter said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So that's saying a mouthful. That's the whole gospel. You know, in the first two, three verses of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if I pick up my Bible and I look, I say, this is God. This is probably the closest I'm going to get to him. This is the closest I'm going to get to knowing him just by dwelling in this. A lot of us say, well, I don't know what God's will is for my life. This is his will for your life. All you got to do is read it. This is the owner's manual. You know, in the book of Genesis, the first chapter of the book of Genesis, we, we all know that God, I ain't, oh, sorry, I ain't going to assume that. We don't all know. But God, you know, created the world in the first week. This is around the first chapter of Genesis. By, and he uh, created man. Say so he worked six days. Seventh day he took rest. 
You know, in, in those days, he done created everything, the heaven and the earth. He done created man. He done blew into man his spirit. And man, we became alive. But by the third chapter, man became disobedient. He said, you can have everything in the garden, but just this stuff, don't touch this. Well, somehow or another, somebody got tricked and somebody got beguiled. And next thing you know, we did what he told us not to do. The man want to blame it on the woman. The woman want to blame it on the serpent. But nobody blamed it on disobedience. You know, God told us what to do. We allowed others to, to lead us astray, and we want to blame it on simply we just did not obey. But by the sixth chapter of Genesis, God said he, said he realized that man was wicked to the core. It grieved him that he had ever even created us. Grieved him to his heart, it said. And it said, for if it wasn't for Noah who found favor in God, we could have been, we was on the brink of, of, of destruction at that moment. But it's amazing how God always finds favor. He's always at least one that's perfect and upright. And that it didn't say Noah was Perfect and upright throughout time to say in his generation. So, so that, 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 that lets me know that we as individuals, whatever generation you're in, you're going to have to make a stand. Uh, my grandmother had to make a stand. Her grandmother had to make a stand. I have to make a stand. My children will have to make a stand. Their children will have to make a stand in their generation. They can relate to their generations. You know, we say, oh, them folks is old, funny, dirty, that was their generation. But God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He changes not. His plan changes not. But it, it, it came to see that, you know, we can't find Noah's everywhere. So now, we, 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 we're, come, God decides, well, hey, if I don't save my creation, my creation will not be saved. So God has a sense of humor, and he's sort of a trickster also because he left his heavenly throne, came to this wicked world in the form of the Jesus the Christ, uh, lived, bled, died, and hung on a cross for our sins. Uh, say, what do you mean ours? I ain't did nothing wrong. I ain't, I ain't sin. I'm a good person. The Bible tells me that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All in any language I have ever checked meant all. All means all. You check the Hebrew or whatever language, all means all. Okay. So therefore, but he loved us so. The word said, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. Now, if I, now, this is me saying this. Now, don't you say I read this in the Bible. But I, if I would have wrote it, I would have said, God loved us so that he came in the form of Jesus Christ, hung on a cross for the remission of my sin, shed his blood because he knew he was big enough, bad enough, and tough enough to defeat death. 
and we we love magic shows, and he give us all an optical illusion that he died on the cross, <laughs> and we saw it. But you know what I mean. But the main thing, he loved us, the world, so that he gave his only one and only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's what this whole ministry is all about. Where will you spend eternity? It's all about everlasting life. I've been told you're going to spend it in one place or the other. It ain't no uh, gray area. It ain't no middle ground. You're going to have to take a stand. We're all going to have to take a stand. You're going to be on this side or you're going to be on this side. And, and, And that's the bottom line. But the good news is his side is the best side. The good news is all we got to do is say if we would just confess our sins, he is faithful. You know, uh, a lot of us talk about being faithful, but a faithful, if I got a faithful individual, a faithful friend, I can depend on him at any time. I can tell him to take this and take that, and I know that he's going to take care of it. That's a faithful friend. You know what I mean? I know I can go to him for anything. If he only got a little bit, he's going to give me half of what he got or give it all to me because that's a faithful friend. When, 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 when Jesus saw the, uh, the rich folks, giving money or paying tithes in the temple. Say they were giving from their abundance. They were wealthy folks, very rich folks. They say, but the the one lady, old lady, she gave all she had. All she had was two mice, the Bible say. In our economic system, that would probably have been about four cents. But it it, it was deeper than just the four cents because Jesus said, she gave all her substance. She gave all that she had. And see, we want to give a little bit. We want to be like Cain. We want to give stuff that we don't want. You know, see, he was mad at his brother because you, you respect his, his offering better than mine. Yeah, he gave his best. He gave me his first. He gave me his best. And we know when, when we give our best and when we don't. And, and, and you know, so you, you not only shortchange the other individual, but you shortchange yourself from a, an abundant blessing. Jesus said he didn't come to condemn the world. He said, but he come that through him the world might be saved. He come to bless us and bless us more abundantly. Okay, with that, with that said, let me, let, me, let, me, let me get back to Palm Sunday. And this is Jesus' final triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Not by man's standards. Like I say, the, the people thought he should have had a royal interest, but he didn't. And Passover, so the Passover is the beginning of the Holy Week. Now we say, how is this week so holy? Because a whole bunch of stuff is going to happen this week. You know, now this same Jesus that loved us so, that came here just to save us. Now, we got the high priest, we got the elders, we got the council, the, the Pharisees, who say, first of all, there is no resurrection. So if there is no resurrection, you, 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 you know, you're, you're a farce. You, you're a phony. These from envy, they decide we're going to have to kill this guy. 
And you would wonder, well, why? They said, because if we let him alone, <laughs> said the Romans will come and take our positions and destroy our nation. So just for sake of losing my position, or just for sake of uh, 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 the world honoring Jesus more than they honor me, I'm willing to kill a man. You know, but that's the wickedness of the heart. See, that's why I say God is tricky. He knew the wickedness of man's heart. So he used the wickedness of man's heart to make it seem like it was man that killed, killed Jesus. But what did Jesus say? No man taketh my life, but I lay it down. I'm on a mission. I come here to save y'all from your sins, from your dirt, from all your bad stuff. I come here to restore you. I come here to give you life and give you life more abundantly. I come to take that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh that you can love your enemy. You know what I mean? That you, you can uh, do good to those that despitefully use you. He said, that's what I come here for. And so nobody takes my life. I lay down my life. I lay down my life for the sheep. John explained it even greater uh, when he said in, in, in John the 10th chapter talking about the good shepherd. And boy, you, when you talk about the good shepherd, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and the porter. You know, the porter, he, he just got a hotel for sheep. And so at nighttime, 10 of us, 10 of us shepherds, we take all our sheep. To, to the sheep hotel and, and get us a room, you know. But then the next morning, I go and I tell the porter, uh, I want my sheep. So he just opens up the door, and I just call. And only sheep come out of there is my sheep. And that's what God say. When, when, when he call you, the only ones that's going to come to him is his sheep. You know, he created all the sheep, but all the sheep are not his. We are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. You know, we, some of us are children of the devil. He said, you of your father, the devil, the father of lies and everything. You know, but the scripture tells us that they all look the same. When you go to the church, they all look the same. When you go on the job, they all look the same. How do you tell the good saints from the bad saints. Well, the word says, try the spirit by the spirit to see if it's of the spirit. You know, when, uh, this, God just speaks through the spirit man. He said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, you say you love me, but hate your brother. How can you love me who you've never seen but yet you hate your brother who you see every day. You know, Jesus came here to save that which was lost. It was first for the children of Israel. You know, they had the Phoenician woman. The Phoenician woman said, I got a daughter, grievously vexed with the devil. Please save her. Jesus said, it's not right for me to give the, 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 the children's food to the dogs. And she wasn't literally saying she, he was a bulldog or none of that. He was in, in those days and times, the Gentiles was considered dogs or, or spoken of as dogs. So she, Jesus was telling, you're a Gentile, and, and, and I come to save that which is lost of the house of the children of Israel. 
She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. If there's blessings in the loaf of bread, there's the same blessings in them crumbs. And so you don't need the whole loaf. You don't need to be the one. And that's why when Peter, when, when Paul come along, they say, well, Paul, I want you to minister to the Gentiles. We know you've been low down and dirty, but you did it out of ignorance. You know, and a lot of times we do things, we do it strictly out of ignorance. We don't know no better. But the word says, when you know better, you're supposed to do better. Now, Jesus said, once you've uh, got a hold of the plow, once you know and you turn and look back, that's when it's going to be worse, bad for you. So once we've gotten this, once we get it, once the light comes on, it's time for us to, you know, to show, you know, to say, you show and tell. Uh, so in this holy week, so much happened in this holy week. You know, we go from Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. And, and, and that literally, Hosanna is literally a Hebrew word, meaning save now or save us, we pray. You know, so the believers know that they need saving. You know what I'm saying? See, sometimes don't let the devil trick you into thinking that we have arrived because we had a great service and, and 10 or 20 or 1,000 got saved today. Satan is still running rampant. And, and, and even when, when God was uh, meeting with the sons of God and, and, and Satan rolled up and said, God asked him, where you coming from, Satan? He said, I've been coming from to and fro. Seeking whom I, whom I may devour. That's his job, to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And guess what? When you're on the mountaintop of rejoicing, when you just got that blessing, when God just answered all your prayers, that's when you are most vulnerable for his attack. Because it's something about when we get happy and we get departed, we just drop our God. We just, but but the, the scriptures say, be sober. Be vigilant, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is always, he's always walking around trying to get you. You know, he, he want to get you, John. You know, he don't like how you take care of your family. He don't like the respect that folks give you. He don't like that. These Pharisees, high priests, elders, only thing they had against Jesus was the world was following them. They saw Jesus perform miracles, signs, and wonders, one after the other. And at 33 years, but he only had three years of public ministry. Three years of public ministry. And in three years, he turned the world upside down with, with, with a basketball team with 12 men on it. Could have been a football team, tennis team, whatever. But, you know, that was his A-team, you know, say different stuff to let me know how old you are. <laughs> but, but then, and so now we, we so we, we got an idea of, of Palm Sunday, and, and Palm Sunday is all part of, of Lent. And Lent is, is, is celebrated by millions and millions of people around the world. And, and the 
gist of Lent is supposed to be in commemoration of the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness while being tempted by Satan and all the time he endured. So, question, can we do 40 days in the wilderness? Can we give up something that's so dear to us? Can we uh, knowingly allow Satan to tempt us? And can we endure it? Well, he did it to show you that you could. Now, you still have a free will. You don't have to. Some of us can't stand no pain. Some of us, you, you know, get a, a paper cut on your, on your, on your finger while you cry for three weeks. You know what I mean? And some of us can seem like can get ran over by a Mack truck and somebody, that's all you got? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but the scripture of Philippians tells I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You know, it's all about him. He wrote this story. He directed this story, and now he's producing this story. You ain't got nothing to say about it. He, you know, we're all, you know when they, the movies, they just go to the union, give me some extras. All he needs us to do sit here, sit there. You know, wave your hand when I say wave your hand. Clap when I say clap, you know. But he said he really don't need us. But he loved to fellowship with us. He loved to talk to us in the cool of the day. He loved to listen to us and hear what you got to say, hear what your problem is, and show you how much he loved you by solving it, by giving you what you want, by helping you in a time of need. You know, a lot of things we ask for, he said, we don't get it or we ask amiss. Say we have not because we ask not or we ask amiss or we ask for the wrong reason. Folks think just because I pray I'm automatically supposed to get what. Well, God knows some things you ask for just ain't no good for you. Or you're going to just use it to turn your nose up at other folks and he just don't want that. Now, if you're going to use something to, to glorify him, to lift him up for the furtherance of his kingdom, you know, then of course, he, he can see that. He can see that. But he's not just going to give me something uh, just so I can <laughs> look at me, big eye, little you. No, he's not, he's not going to do it. He's that kind of a God. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. He's a healing God. He's a delivering God. He's a compassionate God. You know, and, and say he's suffering, he's sacrificed for us. The pain, see, we, I don't know if any of you ever watched that movie, The Passion of the Christ, but see, we just see the, hear the, 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 the smooth Hollywood or watered-down version of what he really went through. But if you, if you, you know what I mean, I was cutting some bush, and I saw some of them thorns, like what they braided and put on his head, and I was telling Joe, I said, now these some of them thorns they put on Jesus and made a crown, and can you imagine just pulling them down on his head? And then just bleeding. About the time I put just the pain, Joe was crying by because he got pricked by one of them. Then I said, man, you know what? Jesus, he put that thing down on Jesus' head, man. He was bleeding and pain, but he still did it. When he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, took a few of his boys with him. Y'all sit here and pray. Y'all sit here with me while I pray. Pray with me. He went off to pray. First time, come back. 
hey, couldn't you wait for just one hour? Couldn't you just stay awake just for one hour? He go back second time and pray. And you know what his prayer was? God, you know I don't want to do this. You know, I really don't want to drink this bitter cup because these folks, they ain't going to do right anyhow. You know, even when I do it, they still not going to love me. They still not going to love you. And so why are you making me do this? I'm going to do it anyway, though, because it's not my will, but your will be done. So he go back to see his boys again. They still. Y'all couldn't wake up. Y'all couldn't pray with me for just one little hour. And the scriptures say he went back a third time. God, I wish you'd take this bitter cup from me. Because it's going to be bitter. It's hard. Now, you know, it's easy to do for somebody when they love you. When they're going to pat you on the back. When they're going to tell you how happy you did it for them. It's easy to do for somebody for, for someone when they do that for you. But to do something for someone and they tell me, that's all you got? Why you didn't give me more? You know, hmm, I, I still don't like you. You know what I mean? You know how we'll do the Indian give you a trick. Give it back then. You didn't like it. But Jesus was on a mission. His mission to come and save that which was lost. His mission was, he said, he wouldn't have it that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Now, that's, his, that's, that's what he wished for. But we're not going to all come to repentance. Why? Why would not we all come? Because some people just love the party scene. Some people just love being the bad guy. Some people just ain't, they love having fun. They say, I'm having fun. I like it. I don't like you square church folks. You know, I, I, I like the red light district. I like the fast cars. I like the fast money. I like living fast and I'm going to hell. Take me fast. You know what I mean? And that's just how some people are. It's hard to imagine. But it's not hard to imagine because I used to live like that. You know, I thought that. I thought them boys was having more fun until one day I met uh, I had my Damascus Road experience. And on that Damascus Road experience, he said, Jesus said, why are you kicking against me? Why, why you know, if you don't uh, believe me who I am, just believe the wonders that I've done. Believe the miracles that I've done. You know what I mean? You ain't got to believe me. Believe the water, turn it into wine. Believe the lame man just getting up. Bleed that the, the apostles shadow healing folks. They don't even have to ask for a healing. They, they shadows just healing folks. Bleed that you can do greater things that I do. Don't be amazed at what I do. Because I, I in you and you in me, you can do those things and then even much greater things. Whatever you ask for, whatever you need, he's there for you. That was why he came here. He came here for you. He came to save that which was lost. He came to give hope to the blind. He came to heal the brokenhearted. Those that have no hope, he come to give you hope. If you are depressed today, all you need is Jesus. 
Some of us uh, got eyes to see and can't see. We got ears to hear, but we can't hear. He speak to us on a daily. And, and he don't have to scream and holler like the thunder roar, but he's speaking a still, small voice. But we want to say, oh, that was the commercial. I, I didn't hear that. You know, or just reject it. You know, we, we just become disobedient. Uh, uh, reject. He said our hearts became wicked. And a person with a wicked heart, nobody wants to be around them. Because it's a spirit, an aura about them that nobody wants to be around. But I've never known anybody that want to truly reject the love, the love of God. You know, it said, what love got to do with it? You know, what love got to do with it? Everything. That's, that's a true statement. Because he loved you so that he gave his only begotten son. He sent a savior. He sent himself to hang on a die and die on an old rugged cross, a cursed cross. You know, that was just a curse all in itself. But he said he did it. Despising the shame, spitting, slapping. Who did that? You know, hit, I mean, it was, it was rough. It was mean. It was cruel. But he knew it was going to happen. He wrote the script, remember? <laughs> he wrote the script. He produced the movie. He allowed us to play a part in it. Now, our free will gives us the right to play any part you want to. You can be a vessel of honor or you can be a vessel of dishonor. And he ain't going to hold it against you. And he still say, I would have that no man shall perish, but all that will repent and come to the knowledge of God. That's how the, that's how the, the script is written. You know, and, and we ask, well, what role will you ask for? You know, because we, we, we good at, it's amazing. Now I got 10, 12 pages here. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look at neither one of them. I know what love got to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, what can we say? The main thing, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will cleanse us of all our sins. Will you allow him to make you whole? Will you trust him? Will you follow him? For he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. That's what love got to do with it. That right there and right there alone uh, said what or who or what, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Or what can make Christ stop loving you? Nothing you can do to make you make him stop loving you. No crime, no act could make him stop loving you. Now, uh, believe me, you can get out of fellowship with him. Being out of fellowship does not mean he stopped loving you. When your child does the worst thing that you told him not to do, you don't stop loving him. 
You don't throw the baby out with the bath water. You just keep loving him. And he's the greatest lover that we'll ever have. He's the great, great father. He's the greatest. And on this Palm Sunday, on our way to Good Friday, when the moon going to stop shining and the sun going to stop shining, when the earth is going to quake, and he's going to holler, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? But he already know he was forsaken because he has our sins on his back. He's bearing our sins and taking them to the cross so that we can live, so that we can be free. And after that Good Friday, well, you're going to have to come back next week to see what happens after that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Every time James, whenever I'm around him, I, I love the Word of God more. He just exudes the Word of God and uh, his understanding of truth and way to communicate it and apply it blesses me so much, brother. And uh, my kids, they uh, over time, they, they call him Uncle James because he has uh, helped walk us through a whole lot. Thank you, brother. Thank you for bringing that word to us today. Uh, thank you for loving truth, understanding, and application. And thank you for leading us to, to call out to Jesus and be more like him. Amen. Let me, let me say one last thing. Say it, bro. Now, I was up all night long listening to the, to the news talking about get away from the windows and, and take shelter. And I'm stayed up to Two o'clock this morning, writing notes, proofreading and everything. And then when I get up here, I couldn't use none of them. He took it all. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. When that right. happens, that... <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the things I appreciate about you, James, because you, you always carry that sword, and, and you got that word deep in you. It always comes out, and there's a bit of a cut that comes with it. I think every one of us have, have had a bit of conviction today. But you don't just know it here. You are led by the Spirit of God, and you speak it out by the power of His Spirit. You're led by Him. And it, it's just a beautiful example to me of what a, a teacher is like, loving truth like that and carrying the good news of that truth to all of us here. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being sensitive to the Lord. Thank you, brother.